Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm going to give you a scripture in just a moment. Actually, I'm going to give you a few scriptures, so I want you to get your notebook ready or get your iPad ready, whatever it is you take notes on, because I want you to write some things down, because I want to talk to you today, and I believe that the word is going to help you uh, as you begin to absorb his word and as it goes in, not just the, the Bible talks about the engrafted word of God is what is what is able to save your soul. Not what is the engrafted word of God. It's not the word that goes over your head. It's not the word that goes under your feet, but it is the word that latches a hold of your life. It's able to save your soul. This week, uh, it actually, I believe it's the 21st, 22nd week of the pandemic. And we are, uh, somebody said earlier, I heard him say on the news that we were heading into our fifth or sixth month of this pandemic. Uh, People have been through so much during this season. They've been through so much during this time. And we've actually uh, not just been living through this this, uh, physical pandemic, but we, in the middle of it, there's been some financial pandemics and there's been some uh, emotional pandemics that people have found themselves trying to survive. And from the very beginning, the very first week that I spoke to you from a remote place, my goal from that day was to a, to make sure that, that I was there to help feed you and arm you in order that you might be strengthened and that you might be stabilized. And uh, just as you deal with all of the radical changes that this pandemic has brought to your life, I don't have a cure for it in the natural, so I can't protect you physically, um, but I do work diligently, and our team has worked diligently to, to give you hope and to give you the assurance that we are able to cope uh, with the side effects of, of just having our lives turned upside down. Many of us have just had our lives completely rocked and turned upside down. Um, and, and here's the thing, we don't know how long uh, that it's going to last, but we do know that our, the Bible tells us and that God has promised us that we are not a people that is without hope. And one of the, blessed, uh, the best places to, to find hope when you are facing a crisis, really any kind of crisis in your life, uh, can be found in the book of James. And so James, it, it's, not a very, it's not a very big book, but it is full of big answers if you are in a crisis. And so um, that's what I'm going to talk to you today, he, today about. He, 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 he helps us and he coaches us. If you have an ear to hear, he can coach us through a moment of crisis. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, the book was written to people who were under an extreme amount of stress. The Roman Empire had been had gone through a period of time where they were severely persecuting people and and as if that wasn't bad enough they 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 could no longer meet together. That kind of sounds familiar today. Uh, but they could no longer meet together as they had done in times past and they they were decentralized. They were scattered, if you will, and they were scattered all over the Roman Empire. So 
the apostle James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, he wrote a letter to those people to encourage them uh, because of the stress that they were carrying. And so uh, he wanted them to know you, you, it's not only possible for you to survive this moment, but it is possible that you can thrive in the middle of this moment. Stress uh, is going to come and stress is present for many people. Storms are going to come. Storms are going to happen. And when they do, storms can leave. If you, if, if you hit a, a storm hard enough, a, a, a storm hits you hard enough, it can leave you unstable. So uh, in order to survive the stressful seasons, the unstable seasons, the life-shaking seasons that you might find yourself in, uh, James knew it then, and we know it today, that we have got to have an anchor. We have to have something that, that, just, that, that, that grips the solid rock. An anchor is often the difference between surviving and succumbing to the storm. Having an anchor uh, is almost always uh, the difference between someone who survives it and someone who succumbs to it. An anchor is, what is an anchor? There are different kinds of anchors. A rock climber has an anchor. Uh, they, they tie uh, the cord around themselves and then they, they, they anchor into the rock that they are climbing so that they are able to move higher and to make progress on the journey upward. And so an anchor, uh, an anchor, they anchor themselves to the mountain that they find themselves climbing. Uh, and I wanna say to us today, it, I don't know that it's ever been more important in my lifetime to have that anchor. And so I want to just encourage those of you that are watching me today to know that you've got to have an anchor and you have got to, you have to, uh, build that anchor around, tie that anchor around yourself. How, how then, Pastor, then do we, uh, how do we anchor ourselves to the rock? Well, Jesus answered that for us, and he, he, he come, it really came at the end of one of his very most uh, popular sermons, which was the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7 and verse 24 says this. He said, Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a sensible man who builds his house on the rock. Down came the rain and up came the floods. And while the winds blew and roared upon that house, it did not fall because its foundations, whoo, I'm going to say that again. It, it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And everyone that hears these words of mine and does not follow them can be compared with a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Down came the rain, up came the floods, and while the winds blew and battered, that house just began to collapse and it fell with a great crash. What is the difference? Two people, two uh, 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 the, the same kind of storm, but one survived and one didn't. 
And the, the truth of the matter is the one that survived was the one that had gripped and been built on a rock. Two ways that we can live our life. One, by building our life on the rock, or we can, we could, it's possible to live our life building on the sand. But how many of you know that it is the rock that is going to give you the peace of mind that you need? He also tells us that when the storms of life come against us, that there are three external forces that can cause our lives to crash. One of those was the torrential rains, the, the violent monsoons that come out of nowhere. The second one is the fierce winds that begin to blow, winds like tornado winds and hurricane winds. And the third was rising floodwaters that cause everything to be submerged underneath them. Now, here is what I want you to see. The rains, when they came, they attacked the roof. They attacked the roof of the house. They attacked the top. They attacked the head. Uh, then when the winds came, the winds attacked the windows and it attacked the walls. So you've got an attack coming from the top. You've got an attack coming uh, all around you. And then the, the floods came and the floods attacked the foundation. Today, there are three types of forces that are beating up against your life, that are beating up against my life, and they're trying to tear up our lives. They're trying to tear up our faith. They're trying to tear up our family. They're trying to tear up our relationships. But here's what I want you to know today, that God is in control of every storm. I said God is in control of every storm. The first storm that we are in is the culture that we live in. The second storm that we are in uh, is the changes that we are living with. The third storm that we are in is the crisis today that we are living through. Now, the only way to survive these storms is by being anchored or by being attached to something or by being uh, yeah, attached to something that grips and holds the solid rock. And I wanna tell somebody today that there is only one thing, one thing and one thing only on the face of this earth that is not going to change and that is the truth of God's word because the truth will always be true. I will say it again. The truth will always be true. Truth is not an opinion. It's not my opinion. It's not your opinion. It's, it's not what the devil, devil, it ain't even your opinion. The truth is always going to be the truth. Truth is true today. It was true yesterday and the truth will always be true. It'll be true tomorrow. So anytime that you find yourself in a crisis, we have to anchor our life to the truth, which is God's word. Hebrews 6 and 19 says that we have this hope 
which is an anchor for the soul, and it is sure, and it is strong. In other words, it's something you can depend on. It's something you can trust in. You know, today, we don't know what to trust. We don't even know who to trust. We, we, we hear something that comes out on the news report. Next thing you know, that ain't right. So, so then you hear something else, and you go, well, that, that changes. One, one week, we should have done this. The next week, we don't need to do that. It's just crazy information. But God said the one thing that is going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever is going to be my word. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, and it is sure, and it is strong. Now, when you um, are being attacked on every side, like we, we just read about, uh, God is telling us here, I, you, you got to have an anchor that can hold you down. When the roof is threatening to fly off, when, when the wind are threatening to, to cave the walls and break the glass, uh, it is in those moments that you, you need that anchor because that anchor will hold you down and that anchor will rock you steady. Psalms 119 and 81 says, my soul is weak from waiting for you to save me, but my hope, somebody ought to holler hope, but my hope is based on your word. God, my soul, my will, my emotions, my intellect is weak while I'm waiting for you, but I don't base my hope on that. I base my hope on what you said in your word. I stand on your word. I believe in your word. I'll possess the promises of your word. My hope is not built on my circumstance. My hope is not built on my situation. My hope is not built on somebody's opinion. My hope is not built on what comes out of the White House. My hope is not built on the scientists. My hope is built on Christ alone. My hope is based on his word. And I love the fact that I can anchor into him and I can anchor into his word. And I, I'm grateful today to know that it will never, ever change. He gives us stability in the time of crisis. Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you look back, I, I can't wait for us to get on the, the other side of New Year's and Eve and look back and say, Lord, I wouldn't have never thought that my life would have been played out this year like it has. But I'm grateful, I'm grateful that your grace has brought me through it. Your grace has brought me over it. And so, in, you, you can rest today. When you can't rest in a report, you can rest today in the fact that God is your stability in the time of a crisis. So, so how am I supposed to not be blown away, Pastor, when, when the storms of life and when the winds start coming on the right and on the left? How, how am, I, am I supposed to not uh, uh, be blown away by that? I'll tell you how. And it is by anchoring your soul in Jesus. How then, how then do I anchor my soul? Well, this is where I want you to get your pen and paper out because I want you to write this down uh, or get your iPad out. But this, I'm going to give you a few points on how. How 
to anchor your soul. Your soul speaks of your will, your intellect, your emotions. And some, some of us have had emotions all over the map since all of this broke out. Some of us feel like the winds have ripped off our, our, our roof or feel like things are caving in. And so today, I came as a messenger of hope today to tell you that there is an anchor for your soul. Yes, yours, yours, and yours, and, and yours. There is an anchor for your soul. And, and so I want to give you just a few points that I want you to live with all week this week. And I want you to use them in your life. Um, number one, the way that we first learn to anchor our soul is to perceive God's word as a personal gift to us. Perceive God's word as a personal gift to us. Isaiah, while you're writing that down, I'm going to read Isaiah 59 and 21. The Lord says, my people, I promise to give you my spirit and my word. Those, these will be my gifts to you and to your families forever. My people, anybody out there that's, that's the people of God, that's who I'm, I'm talking to right now. The promise and the word says out of Isaiah 59 and 21, my people, I promise to give to you my spirit and my word. These are my gifts to you. You ain't got to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. This is, I'm going to give you my spirit. And the Bible tells us that his spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. He said, I'm going to give you my word and I'm going to give you my spirit. And I ain't just going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for your families forever, forever. That means from one generation to the next generation to the next generation, I'm giving you my word. I'm giving your children my word. I'm giving your grandchildren my word. I'm giving your great-grandchildren my word. And I'm giving my spirit to lead them and to guide them. Isaiah is saying here, I'm going to give you my spirit forever. Uh, and I'm going to give you my word forever. And then James adds to what Isaiah says in James 17 and 18, and, and he says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God our Father above who created all the lights in the heavens. But unlike those lights, the stars, the moon, unlike those lights that create shifting shadows, God never changes. And God chose to give us life by giving us his word, his word of truth, so that we could be his, so, so that we could be his most important creation. Do you understand today that you are the most important thing that God ever created? You and I, we're the most important thing he created. You matter to God more than anything that he has ever created. You matter so much to him that he gave you the gift of this book right here. He gave you the gift of his word. And here's what James says about the gift of his word. I want you to write this down. James says this about the gift of his word. God's word is good. Write that down. God's word is good. He's saying when you got the gift of the, of the word, you got a good gift. You got, you got a good gift. You got a good uh, a gift that is beneficial. 
You've got his word. In his word are the benefits that belong to you and to me as his children. So he's telling us the word is good, so we need to read it. Because if you don't read what is in the book, then you, know, you don't know what benefits belong to you. And it's sad to live without benefits that God has already made a way for you to have. So you got to get in the word to discover the benefits that he has for you. The second thing he says about the word of God he says God's word is perfect. He's saying it's perfect. God's word is perfect. It's a perfect gift. In other words, it's, it's, uh, has anybody ever gave you a gift that you, the minute you opened it, you looked at it and thought, oh, that's really nice, but that's, that's not me, and I probably will never use that gift, and it may just get tossed aside. That's not how it is with God. He knows you, and he knows exactly what you have need of. So the gift that he gave us in the word is a perfect gift for me to live my life and for you to live your life. His gift to us will benefit us. That's what I'm trying to say. He gives a gift. He gave the gift of his word that will benefit us in every walk of our life. His word is Perfect. That means it's infallible. That means he means what he says and he says what he means. The third thing about God's word, write this down. God's word is true. God's word is true. He's saying that this book tells us the truth. Whether we like what it says or not. The word is going to tell us the truth. It, it will always lead me and guide me into truth. This word right here will teach me to do that which is right. This word will never lead me astray. This word will never lead me into a place that will destroy me. It will teach me truth. And the truth, the Bible says, is what will make you Free, So we need the, the word because we need the benefits, because we need the truth, because so many of us need to be set free. That's why the word is vital. The fourth thing that he told us about the word, he told us that God's word is unchanging. I'm going to go back and repeat those things right there. Number one, God's word is good. Number two, God's word is perfect. Number three, God's word is I said God's word is true. God's word is good is number one. God's word is perfect is number two. God's word is true. That's number three. And number four, God's word is unchanging. God's word is not like people. People can be one thing today and another thing tomorrow. They can love you today and they can hate you tomorrow. But God said, my word is not like that. If I ever give you my word on something, you can rest assured that I'm not going to change my mind on that. His word is unchanging. You know, sometimes we get gifts that people give us and, and, and uh, you know, they may fade over time or they may fail or break down over time. But God said, my word is not going to fail you. My word is not going to fade. My word is unchanging my word is if I said it I meant it he said my word is unchanging the fifth thing that he told us is that God's word is not only unchanging but God's word is life giving it's life 
giving. God chose to give us life by giving us his word. My word is alive. It's quick. And when you are in need of it and you open the book, my word can breathe life into you. Have you ever just felt like you were at the end of your rope and you just took your Bible and you opened it up to something and as you read, you're like, God, that's exactly me. That's exactly where, and all of a sudden, you felt like you were dying, but then that word from God that came, it brought life to you. He didn't give his word. This is what I want you to understand today. He didn't give his word to crickets. He didn't give his word to cattle. He didn't give his word to horses. He didn't give his word to the birds, but he gave it to those who were made in his likeness and those who were made in his image. He gave us his word. Why did he do that? Why did he give us that word? So that we could know him. Why did we got to know him? Well, one of the benefits of knowing him is he will teach you who you are. So I need the word to know him so that I ultimately can know who I am and what God has called me to do. Romans 15 and 4 says, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. Whatever was written beforehand was written to instruct us how to, to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement. The scriptures impart to us in, it, it, it gives us encouragement and it gives us inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Are y'all hearing me today? The scriptures are there to give us encouragement, to impart inspiration to us so that we can live in hope and not doubt and not fear and not anxiety and not pressure and not disbelief. He gave us this right here in this word to bring us inspiration and encouragement and so that we, and he gave us those things so that we could have hope. I have a hope today. Why? Because I have the word. I have a hope because I have the word and because I have the word I can endure all things come what may from day to day my soul has been anchored in God's word and everything that was written in his word was written to give you the hope that you need everything that was written in his word was written to give you endurance God wanted you to have endurance in 2020. And so he wrote some things in his word. That means what, what, what's in the book right there, uh, it, 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 it means it's going to give you the ability to keep on keeping on. How did you make it out of March? The word. How did you make it from March to April? The word. How did you make it from April to May? Through the word. How did you make it from May to June? Through the word. How did you make it from June to July? Through the word. How are you going to make it in August? How 
are you going to make it in September? How are you going to make it in October? How are you going to make it in November? How in the world are you going to make it in December? I'm going to make it in December uh, just like I made it in March. I stand on the Word of God. The Word of God gives you endurance. That means it gives you the power to keep on keeping on. It gives you the power to somewhere how reach inside of yourself and find staying power. It gives you the ability to forge ahead in the name of Jesus. It gives you the ability to continue moving, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The two things that we need to survive in this pandemic are right there in that book and they are called hope and endurance. That's what we've got to have. Our hope is in Jesus and he placed endurance in our spirit. And if we don't have those two things, there's, there's a reason. If you don't have hope today and you don't have endurance today, then it could be that you're not in the book. It could be that you're not getting into the word like you need to get into the word. So if you want to be discouraged, if you want to be encouraged and not discouraged, I want to challenge you to pick up your Bible and open up the word of God. So the first thing that I do to anchor my soul, my will to survive, my intellect and my emotions is I perceive that God's word is a personal gift to me. I know he spoke it to you, but I also know that he spoke it to me too. The second thing that we do to anchor our soul is to humbly accept whatever he said in his word. I said the second thing we got to do is we have to humbly accept what God said to us in his word. James 1 and 21 says, so this is why we abandon everything that's morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. God, I love that right there. Instead, we, we abandon some things and, 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 and with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, the word that was implanted in us. It's within us. It's, uh, it's in our nature for the word of life has the power. That's why I got to have the word of life. I've got to have the word of life because I need him to be my deliverer, not just just, just one time. He says, I will continually deliver you. God is saying, I want you to now accept the word that I am planting in your heart. I want you to accept it because I'm giving it to you because I want to deliver you through some things. I want to deliver you over some things. I want to deliver you around some things. The devil said, you ain't coming out of this, but the word says, I am coming out of this. And today I choose to believe Leave the report of the Lord. So you got to, you got to be where you got to be the kind of person that says, Lord, I'm not sure why you did it for me, but I humbly accept what your word has said about me above my circumstances. What that means right there, that means 
Lord, I want to, when you say I humbly accept, what you're saying is, God, I, I want to welcome your word into my life. See, every time you open your Bible and you start to look through it, you need to say, Lord, I welcome your word into my life. I, it's almost like, like you have the gift of hospitality and you're welcoming those who have come over to your house. God said, I want you to approach my word like that and I want you to just invite me to come into your life through my word. He's saying to us, I want you to have an attitude of acceptance, an, an attitude of acceptance. Uh, what what by that, what I'm saying is you're like, okay, so come on in, God. Just I accept your word. I know that it might not match my circumstances, but I choose to believe your word over my circumstances. Your word tells me you're able. My circumstances say if you don't do it by noon tomorrow, I'm in trouble. Well, which one of those reports do I believe? I believe your word and I stand, I humbly accept your word. But in order to accept God's word in our our life, there are some things that he gives us a prerequisite for in that verse. What he says to us is, so this is why we abandon everything that is immorally impure, that is morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. What he's saying to us is, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, Lord, I, I, we, we can't just have the seed, uh, the seeding of God without the weeding, okay? W-E-E-D-I-N-G. God has to weed some things out of us. And then he says, if you will allow me to weed some things out of you, things that are not morally pure, if you'll allow me to get them out of you, then he's saying, uh, if you will submit to the weeding, then I will come with the seeding. And I'll plant my word in your heart and I will change your life. So what is that telling us? That's telling us I got some things I need to clean up. I got to get rid of some filth. I've got to get the trash out. I've, I, I've got to do a little house cleaning, a little spring cleaning in my house. I've got to clean out my closets. I, how about this? I got to clean out the closets of my mind, the stuff that I have allowed to stay in there and that I did not cast down. I got to identify that thing and I've got to say, you're coming out of there today. You and I got to clean out the space. We got to get rid of the emotional garbage and the emotional trash. We got to get rid of, of all of the, the mess. How do we get rid of it, Pastor? The Bible tells us by confession. So God, what we're saying is, God, once we clean that stuff out of us, we're saying, God, now I'm ready for your word. I open your word. Come into my heart. I accept your word from the pages of this book. Let your word come and don't just let me read it just, just in black and white, but let it come with power. As I'm reading your word, let your power jump up off the pages of this word. I'm preparing myself to understand your word. I'm preparing myself to receive your word. I'm preparing myself to also be changed by your word. So I'm going to accept everything that your word says in my life. So the first thing I will do to anchor my soul is I'll perceive that God's word is a gift, a personal gift to me. The second thing I will do is I will humbly accept whatever God says in his word to me. 
The third thing is I'm going to practice whatever God says in his word to me. Let's go to James. James, let's, let's read it together. I didn't tell them this, and they, don't, they might, have not, might not have it on the screen, but uh, you can take your Bible and turn to James. James chapter 1, and let's read. I want to read the 22nd. James chapter 1. I'm going to read out of the uh, 22nd verse. 1 and 22. Well, let me back up now that I'm looking at it. Uh, he says to us in verse 19, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. You want to underline that in your Bible. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. See, some of us are so quick to get angry. And when we're so quick, we go from, from one to a hundred just like that. What that tells us is that the word is not working mightily in you. And so we, what, you, what do I need to do, Pastor? I need to get into this word more. I need to look, I need to read James from one end to the other this entire week. I need the word to come alive in me. I need to read the Romans. I need Romans 8 to come alive in me. So what he says to us is be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. Why? Because it is, has the power to save your soul. But don't just listen to the word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and in a moment, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing that thing. So he's saying to us right here, God, if you want to know how to be blessed, and if you're in the middle of a pandemic, everybody should want to know how to be blessed. But he's saying to us, if you will do these things, then I am going to bless you. And when the Lord gives you a blessing, I said, when the Lord gives you a blessing, nobody can take away from you the blessing that God, they might not want you to have it, but they can't take it away from you. They might talk about you, but they can't take it away from you. They might be angry with you, but you can't take my blessing because you didn't give it. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away and you wonder how I'm making it and you wonder how I'm surviving. It's not in my own strength. It's because I'm standing on the word of God and he promised that if I would do A, B, C, and D, that he would bless whatever I do. He'll bless, what that, that, one of the other translations that I read there says that God will bless, you will be blessed in whatever you do. Do you want to be blessed in the middle of a COVID-19 crisis? Because if you do, then if, if, if we want to obtain the promise that we just read about in verse 25, 
then guess what? We have to meet the qualifications. So what are they? What are, what are the qualifications, Pastor Brady? Well, I just read to you those four or so verses, and in, in the middle of all of them, there, there were five ways uh, that God teaches us how to anchor our life to his word. The first thing he said to us is listen, listen to the word. What does that mean, listen to the word? You know, a, a lot of people have more time on their hands than they used to have. So God is saying, I want you to listen to my word. That means there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many, so much good preaching out there. Listen to my word. Put it in your, in your earphones and put it in, 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 get it in your spirit. Listen. He said, I want you to listen to my word. Uh, that's exactly what you're doing right now. I am preaching the word and you are listening to the word. So number one, we can check that off our list. We are listening to the word. Uh, but I do need to tell you that just simply listening, listening it's, it's a good way to learn, but it's not the best way to learn because statistics tell us that we forget 90 to 95% of what we have heard within 72 hours of the time that we heard it. So in other words, you're going to forget everything I'm telling you by Tuesday or Wednesday, okay? So th th that's one way to learn is to listen. And it's good, but it's not the best. The, the, the second thing that he told us there, uh, James tells us, is, is not just listen to my word, but keep looking intently into my word. Now, this is beyond listening. When you are looking intently into the word of God, you, that, that is, there's a word for that. It's called studying the word. The difference between listening to the word and studying the word of God is a pencil or a pen. It's in looking intently into the word of God and, and, and finding something that, 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 that uh, witnesses with you and you take it out of the scripture and you begin to write down what you saw as you looked into it. I'm giving y'all a Bible class on Sunday morning, but it's good. You have to write something down. So the difference between listening to the word and studying the word is simply you picking up a pen or a pencil or an iPad and writing something in it. Reading means, if I'm reading the word, that just simply means I'm reading it. But studying the word means that I'm not just reading it, but now I'm writing something that God said to me out of that word. Third thing that you got to write down, he says that we need to do. He said we need to not just look intently, but he said, I want you to continue, continue looking into my word. In other words, he's saying, make a habit out of looking into my word. Do it daily. Do y'all remember a few weeks ago when I told you God's word first, God's word last, GWF. GWL. That means in the morning when I wake up, the first thing I should grab is not my phone unless my Bible's on my phone, but the first thing I should grab is God's Word first. And the last thing at night when I lay down, I need to do is grab 
God's word last. This little simple habit of making God's word bookend your day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed will bring strength to your life in a crazy way. I'm telling you what I know today. I dare you to try this. I dare you to make a habit out of getting into the word of God. It will cause your patience to increase and it will cause your anxiety to decrease. Anxiety doesn't want to hear the word combating. That anxiety that comes in your mind and in your heart, it doesn't want you to hear the word because when you hear the word and you open up the word and you allow the word to come in, that anxiety becomes not so powerful because the word of God has more power than anything. So the anxiety will keep you so distracted that you are like, Lord, it's Thursday and I ain't even picked up my Bible yet. Let me tell you something. When you make a daily habit of it, God said the blessing of the Lord will be on your life. That's good preaching. Pastor Cheryl Brady, you are preaching today. The fourth thing that he tells us in those verses we just read is stop, stop forgetting. Stop forgetting. Oh, oh. Don't forget that I want you, what does he mean by that? He means I want you to memorize my word. Memorize my word. Oh, Pastor Brady, I can't memorize nothing. That's a lie. You can. There are songs. There are some people that every song on the radio comes on, they know every word to every song. Hello? Because they, you think you, the enemy wants you to think that you can't memorize the word of God. But I'm here today to tell you, you can memorize whatever, whatever you give a priority to. So if a verse of scripture speaks to you, write that verse down. Post it. Wherever you can see it, on your refrigerator, in your miracle, I mean in your, in your kitchen, in your garage, wherever you are, in your car, post that verse right there. And I'm telling you, the more you look at it and the more you declare it, you will eventually be able to memorize it. You can, you can memorize everything else you want to memorize. I'm telling you, the word of God, you can do it. And that's what he's telling us. I want you to memorize my word. Joshua 1 and 8, he tells us very clear, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything that is written in that book. And then he said, I will make your way prosperous and I will give you good success. Well, I'm not that good at meditating. I don't know how to meditate. Yes, you do. You know how to worry, don't you? Worry is just continuously thinking about the same thoughts over and over and over and over. That's called worry. Well, take that thing and flip it on the devil and start quoting the word over and over. I meditate on the word. I meditate that the Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is my God. There is no God like him. No God beside 
beside him. He is my rock. He is my way maker. Yeah, but they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna shut you down tomorrow. But he is my way maker. The Lord is my healer. He is my Elohim. He is the strength of my life. Oh, if you don't talk back to fear, fear will destroy your mind. If you were here, I would tell you to hit somebody and tell them, talk back. He said, he said, if you want to be prosperous and you want to have good success, meditate on my word. When did he say? Do it day and night. God's word first, God's word last. I said, God's word first. God's word lasts. If you want to be prosperous in the middle of this pandemic, I dare you to meditate on the word of God. If you want to be successful in the middle of a pandemic, you have never been in one probably before. Uh, but if you want to be successful in this one, if you want to come out of this with some spoils, which is exactly what I want to come out of this with, he said, meditate on my word. And God is saying, if you'll do this one thing right here, Cheryl, I'll bless you with many things. If you'll do one thing, I will bless you with many things. Who will take the challenge up and say, I'm putting God's word first and last in my life. And I'm going to meditate on his word because I'm coming out of this blessed. I'm coming out of this with the victory. I'm coming out of this with my faith on fire. I'm coming out of this knowing that it was God who brought me through the storm when the wind was blowing against the walls of my house when I felt like the roof was going to come off. It was God who helped me hold it all together because I've anchored my soul in His Word. I've anchored in His Word. This brings me to my last point today on anchoring your soul in His Word. Here's what you have to do. To survive the storm, to survive whatever's coming against your mind. I have felt it so strong this week. Felt like there's such an attack on so many people's mind. See, if the enemy can get your soul, if he can get your mind, it won't be long until he has a heyday in your life. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that my soul has escaped the snare of the fowler. My soul, my will, my body might still be in a pandemic, but my mind is out. Woo, y'all better hear, I'm going to say that again. My body might be in a pandemic, but my mind is already out. I'm already looking ahead. I'm already seeing what God has for me. I'm seeing what he has for you. And I just stopped by your house on this Sunday morning to tell you once again, God's got you. He's got you. Don't allow the devil to talk in your head. Put him in his place. Where is his place? Underneath my feet. I said it's underneath your feet. Put him where he belongs. You don't let him talk. You don't give voice to that. Turn yourself to the word. The next time the enemy comes in to try to cause you to doubt or fear or panic, Take, say, tell him, I'm going to the Word. You push me again, I'm going to the Word. And then if you push me again, I'm going to turn my living room into a church house. And the presence of God is going to fill this place from the top to the bottom, from the left to the right, just like he did in the sanctuary of the potter's house of North Dallas. I'm telling you, talk back. Some of y'all are taking stuff you ain't got to take. 
There's a struggle that's happening. It's an invisible struggle. The enemy is bullying your mind. Oh, but aren't you glad that God's word came to you today? I'm glad to deliver the word to you today to tell you he that began a good work in your life, he that began a good work in your house, he that began a good work in your family will be faithful. But almost say that again. He will be faithful to complete it. And when you start doubting those things, it's a sign I need to get in the Word. I need to stand on the Word. My hope is found in the Word of God. So how do I anchor my soul? Except, except the Word is a personal gift from God Himself. That's what I read to you. That's what He said. Number two, humbly accept what God says about you. Accept it. Don't read it and say, that was, that's great. I wish I could. Oh, God, I wish I could believe that. Oh, how many times have you read something out of this right here? And you're just like, uh, yeah, that's great. But that's the kind of stuff that happens for Pastor Brady. That don't happen for me. Stop that. Stop it. You are his most precious creation. And he's giving his word to you. And all he says is, I want you to humbly accept, no matter what's blowing, no matter that the lightning is flashing, no matter that the thunder is rolling, I want you to accept in my word that I hold the wind in my fist, that I'm God, and that I'm in control. Don't lose another night's sleep over it. Just know that God is in control. Humbly accept what God says. And number three, practice what he says. How do I do that? By listening, by looking intently into his word, by continuously looking intently into his word, by memorizing his word. And now the last one is by doing his word. If you were here, I'd say, touch somebody and tell them, just do it. Just do it. Do what his word tells you to do. You know, a lot of people open the word. They read it. They close it. And they walk away from it. But when you do it like that, what you're doing is you're looking into the mirror. You're reading it. And then you walk away and you forget what you look like. What good does it do you to look into the mirror and see areas of yourself that need to be straightened and you don't straighten it? Straighten it. There's something that God is wanting to do for you and your house, your family. God said, just look in my word, read my word, believe my word, and take whatever I give you and use it to improve yourself. I tell you, the word will improve you. I said, the word will improve a man, it will improve a woman. Don't try to tell me how spiritual you are. You can give me all your titles and you can say all kinds of stuff, but if I don't ever see your life improve, if I don't see you get a grip on flesh, and if I don't see you 
Stop acting out like you're acting out. If I don't see you running from one to a hundred with your anger just like that, that tells me there's not as much word in you or me as there needs to be because the word will cause you to straighten up yourself. So I want you to take what I'm saying this week and I want you to practice it. I want you to practice listening to the word. I want you to practice reading the word. I want you to practice studying the word. That means you got to write some things down. And I want you to practice being anchored by the word. So when the winds come and they threaten to rip the roof off your house and threaten that the walls are going to crash in on you and that the foundation is going to be swept out from underneath you, know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if your house is built not on the sand, whew, but if it is built on the rock, that God is going to keep you. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org slash watch now or through our Potter's House North app.